Happy New Year to you. It seems like uh, we were just meeting here a few a few uh, weeks ago, and here we are back here together again. I think the issue to you guys is that it was a little bit of a challenge for uh, Pastor Witt to be able to rival his dad uh, today, and you did it. So we are at the same numbers that uh, Pastor George had. So super glad to have you here. Welcome to 2018. New Year, new you. I don't know how many of you want to say this, but I can say amen to myself on that one. Uh, looking forward to all that this year has to hold, and I think our church is off to a really, really good start. I don't know about you, but December is one of those months where you just dive in, you put your seatbelt on, and you pray to God that you make it through the month. Um, because as a business owner, and some of you, a lot of you are business owners in here, you uh, you empty your bank accounts, you give everybody bonuses, you bonus everybody around you, you bonus the trash man, you bonus everybody around you, and to the point you say, what have I done to myself? Uh, so it's a little bit crazy, but you know, in the middle of all that, <clears throat> our pastor launches a um, challenge to us to raise almost a million dollars in December, and I'm like, are you kidding me in December? And yet, um, I'll have to say that it was probably the most thrilling thing we've done probably the entire year to be a part of that campaign. And, and I can tell you this, um, every time our church has gone through a campaign of this kind, um, my business, my family, everything around me just grows exponentially. And I can say four times specifically that I remember that we had a campaign here that we chose to give sacrificially, and every time God has absolutely overwhelmed me with goodness. And I've talked to several people, Brandon Murphy and I have had this discussion about that and what, what that's done to our business. And so to start out, you know, it wasn't like we started that out in January. We started that in December. So to watch, we've already sewn into 2018 and 2017. So I'm really excited. If you have not been a part of that yet, you can still be a part of that. So um, you can still give to that campaign, but really excited about that. This is a great year to invest, and this year is going to be amazing. A couple of things I want to go over uh, today, first being the 21-day challenge, which is coming up. I think we have a slide for that. Um, as a church, we're taking 21 days to put God first in our lives through 21 days of prayer, 21 days of discipline, and when I say discipline here, fasting, and so fasting can be determined in lots of different ways, which we'll go into uh, at church this weekend, and 21 days of Bible study. Um, it all starts this Monday and goes through the 28th of this month. And I challenge all of you to do this. This is an easy thing to do simply because we're all doing it together. So there's no reason why any of us shouldn't be a part of that. I think this is our either second or third year to do this. And every year it's been one of those um, months where you just get through the month and say, can we do that again? Just because of the closeness we all we all uh, get to God during that time. And, you know, James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I love the fact that it's that we take the first step um, toward toward getting closer to God and he comes closer to us. It's so important that we do that together. Um, you can uh, during this time also, there's prayer going on in all of our campuses. And I, I will tell you throughout the year, cotm.info is your source for everything you need to know about what's going on here. Those times for prayer are all listed there uh, according to each campus. There's prayer during the week. There's prayer on the weekends. There's prayer during service. There's no excuse not to miss a prayer time during this time, uh, corporate prayer. Uh, today, too, there are also the booklet we do. We do it. Uh, uh, the devotional that we do is 21 days. We all do it together. And we have arranged to have those devotionals ready for you. You'll be the first ones to receive those here at our church. So when you walk out today, those devotions are out here in the lobby and you can grab one on your way out. But going through that together is just is an amazing thing for our family. Our kids go through it. Uh, we're all on the same pages. We're all studying the same thing and going the same direction at the same time. So it's just a really, really great time. So don't miss that. Uh, also, small groups is starting here. Uh, the, the Finder, Group Finder opens January 6th, which is this weekend. 
Um, guys, we have groups of all kinds, and I will tell you that the women's groups way outpace our men's groups, which is kind of a rough thing because we ought to be the leaders. We need to be the leaders of our families, leaders of our group, leaders of our, our homes, and also our businesses. So I really encourage you, if you're not in a small group, man, I know every month we, we hammer that. It's hammered from the stage at church. It's hammered here. But it's so critical that we as guys get into a community. So if you look at those, we have all kinds from basketball groups to hunting groups to Bible studies. Anything that you're into, um, there was probably a group there that will help you uh, have, uh, scratch that itch. There's, there's something for everyone on there. So look, um, look at the finder and check that out because you'll find that. And that's cotm.info. You'll be able to find a group there. Um, the semester starts January 28th and it ends April 21st. So it's not like it's a full year commitment. It's just a few months and you can get through that. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome uh, Pastor Witt here. Um, you know, he, he and I talked at the end of the year last year, and he uh, was real clear to say, hey, I'd love to speak to our guys, be the first to speak to you guys in January, which I was really thrilled about. And obviously, we're the first to hear from him in this year because we haven't really had a service yet um, in this year. So very excited to have him today. You know, one thing I've known about Witt, I mean, Witt and I have known each other for a very, very long time. And the thing I've watched about him is just that he's incredibly diligent. And everything he did, no matter what it was, he gave it his all, whether it was his music, whether it was graphic design, whether it was... Uh, leading, whatever he's done, he's always done with all of his heart. And I've watched him as he's gone and worked pretty much, I guess, in pretty much every department in the whole church, and he's done it diligently. And so he's learned. He's learned every part of what goes on here, and he is continuing to lead and lead well. We're so proud of you, Wit. We're proud of where you are, we're proud of you are as a leader. And we're really, this group uh, is is honored to be able to serve serve you and to serve what's going on here. And obviously, to introduce people to the real Jesus is, is all of our mantra right now. And I'm so grateful that you brought that to our attention. We're really glad to have you this morning. So come on up. Well, thanks, guys. Seriously, thanks for being here. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, I don't know about you, but it was a struggle for me to get out of bed this morning this early. So uh, honestly, thanks for being here. And the fact that so many guys showed up and made this a priority and are making this a priority is really special. And so uh, I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Uh, it's the beginning of the year. I think the beginning of the year is always an exciting time because it's an opportunity for a fresh start. But I'm excited because of what God is doing at Church on the Move. And I don't know if you can feel it, but there's some momentum. There's a groundswell kind of gathering, and uh, we're seeing it. We're feeling it. We're seeing the tremors of it in our numbers and our metrics that we look at. And uh, we're seeing it in different responses that we see, the chief of which uh, is what happened with the compassion offering. I hadn't intended to do this, but I'll go ahead and tell you. Uh, our compassion offering goal was to raise $750,000 by the end of the year, and to be quite honest with you, we weren't sure how that would happen. $750,000 in one weekend uh, is a lot of money to come in. And we weren't sure exactly what the response would be. I told you guys about this in November, started pitching this to you. And then our compassion offering weekend was December 15th, 16th, and 17th. And our goal was to raise $750,000. What we wanted to do is reach $1.5 million by 2018. And so we ha hope to have raised half of it. Uh, by the end of the year. We didn't hit half. Uh, we had $800,000 come in on one weekend. And then, yeah. But in total, because people kept giving to date by the end of the year, we saw $1.4 million come in to our compassion offering. How awesome is that? And so I just want to say thanks to you, but also just, this is exciting. 
We're bought in. We're making a difference. We're going to reach some people. In fact, just this weekend, I'll tell you where the first location of the prison that we're going to go to is. We're already giving out a, a, a text number that you'll be able to text this weekend if you want to get involved in that. Start signing up and start serving out there. We're going to do that immediately. This weekend, we're taking a check for $20,000 to Transformation Church, and we're going to partner with them just like we said we would. We're, we're moving on all the things that we said we would do. But uh, that, that's just part of it. That's one reason to be excited. But there's a lot of other reasons to be excited. And I, I really think that God wants to do something significant. I think we're going to launch a new campus this year at our church. I don't have details for that I, that I'm ready to share with you yet. We're not finalizing anything. But, but I, I think that's going to happen. We have a couple of different possibilities, and we're really strongly looking at it. We're going to reach people in our city that we're not currently reaching, get into parts of our city that we're not currently in. I, I went out to... Um, Oh, the pumpkin patch with my, my wife and kids back, I don't know, just before Halloween. It was, she chose, I don't know why, we live in Midtown. She chose one all the way out in Bixby. And I drove out there and then had to drive from the pumpkin patch to here. And I, it just hit me as I was driving back. I should have known this already. But I mean, that is a different world out there. Like if you live, and I'm not saying people are weird. I'm just saying like, why would you ever come here if you if you don't have a good, good reason. And for a lot of people, they might like church on the move, but my God, it's like half the world away, right? And so so we're going to have to go to where people are at if we want to reach them and if we want to introduce people to the real Jesus. I think we've got an opportunity to do that this year in a new way. I'm excited about it. And uh, But here's what I can tell you, is that the growth that we want to see as a church And let me just say the growth that you want to see in your business, uh, the growth that you want to see in your family, it starts with you. It begins with you. And I just want to come out and say this boldly here. It begins with our men. And right now, there's a war on men going on in our culture. I I think you can probably feel it. Uh, I think some of it's deserved because a lot of men have used their power and authority and positions to abuse people, to take advantage of people. But there is a backlash going on against men right now because men, I think we have an opportunity and we haven't taken it to really lead well, to lead our families well, to lead our businesses well, to lead with integrity, to lead with compassion, to lead with generosity. What we did with the compassion offering, you're modeling it, but it starts with us. And I believe scripturally, that's how God lays it out. He made the man to be uh, the leader of the home. doesn't mean we make all the decisions. It just means in a compassionate and even submissive way, we lead those around us. And so if our business is going to get better, if our families are going to get better, if life is going to get better, it starts with us. And I like what Bill Hybels, Pastor Bill Hybels up in Chicago said. He said, everybody wins. Everybody wins when a leader gets better. And when you get better, your wife gets better. When you, when you get better, your, your kids benefit. When you get better, your business benefits. When you get better, your customers benefit. Everybody wins when you get better. Now, here's another statement that kind of goes along with that. It kind of flows, I think, the natural outflow of that statement, and that would be this, that everything gets better when your spiritual life gets better. Right, So everybody wins when you get better, but then take another step that your spiritual life, when you win in your spiritual life, when your spiritual life gets better, everything gets better in your life. And we really do believe this because your spiritual life is the driver 
from which all else in your life is going to flow out of. And so your spiritual life is connected to everything. Now, let me give you another statement that kind of relates to this. So everybody wins when a leader gets better. Everything gets better when your spiritual life gets better. And then thirdly, the growth of your spiritual life is directly tied to the time you spend in Scripture. Your spiritual life, the growth of your spiritual life is directly tied to the time you spend in Scripture. So if we wanted to kind of follow the pattern there and sort of extrapolate out the logic, we would say that your time in this book impacts your life and everyone else around you. That I can tell you this with certainty, that the time you spend in this book in 2018 will directly impact the growth of your spiritual life in ways that nothing else, I want to say this again, in ways that nothing else you do will impact you. I, I love what we do with weekend services. I, I hope you come this weekend. It's, there's gonna, it's gonna be a great service. I've got my sermon mapped out. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a great weekend. I'm excited about it. But what you hear this weekend will not compare to you spending personal time in this book. I, I love, I love what we're gonna do with small groups. I, I can't tell you how important I think small groups are, and small groups have their place. I don't want to minimize the impact of small groups. But let me tell you, going to church, getting in a small group will not change your life like what being in this book will do for your spiritual life. There is, I'm convinced, not any spiritual discipline that compares with spending time in God's Word. And yet, and I got to hold my hand up here personally and say, and yet, for many men, including myself over the years, Spending time in God's Word is a difficult thing to do. And when I sit down and talk with guys, and I, I just did a small group of uh, a lot of young leaders in our church, young pastors in our church, and when you start asking them, I mean, these are guys that work at a church. This is their job. But when you start asking them, hey, tell me about, tell me about your time with God. What, what's, what's your Bible reading time look like? A lot of them are like, well, uh, Man, so, so I was reading this for a little while. I, I had, you know, it's, it's been a week or two since, uh, uh, you know, since I've been reading or whatever. I, I've been trying to do this, but it, it's, it's been difficult. For many guys, it is a hidden source of shame and guilt because, being perfectly honest, we're just not that consistent at it. And here's what I know. If I was to challenge or if I was to ask a, a poll show of hands in here, I know if I said, hey, how many of you guys would agree with what I'm saying? This is really important. I'm sure almost every single one of you would raise your hands and say, yeah, I believe that. And yet, on the other side of it, what time do... what? When you think about it, if this book is the driving factor for your growth, your spiritual growth this year... And then you compare that to, if that's true, and then you compare that to the amount of time that you spend in it, do the two, do the two add up? Does one equal the other? Do we, are we putting the time in that we really think that this book deserves? And for, again, I'm just telling you personally in my life, for years, guys, for years, the answer was no. And I knew that I should read the Bible, and I even tried to read the Bible. Here was the cycle that I would go through. I need to be reading the Bible. Man, I, need, I, I, I am not, I don't have a good spiritual discipline of reading Scripture. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to start reading the Bible. So the next day I would wake up, whatever, 
pull out the Bible, and this is what, where, okay, where do I begin? Uh, Proverbs. Isn't that where all men begin reading the Bible? It's the practical part. Okay, let's try reading Proverbs. Read, read a little bit. All right, good. Felt, felt like, you know, I got through a few verses. Okay, great. Go on to the next day. Do it again the next day. Wake up the third day. I'm busy. Some email comes through. Some text comes through. Get distracted. Move on to the next thing. Don't read. Next day, same thing. Just kind of get in a cycle of not doing it. Feel guilty. Feel terrible about it. Come back. Repeat the cycle all over again. Can't remember where I was last time. Start all over again. And this was a cycle that repeated it itself in my life for years. I think it's super familiar for a lot of guys. And I think that the reason is that our approach to Scripture for a lot of us is off. The way we're approaching it, our, our whole mindset when we approach Scripture is off. And so what I want to do today in the, the, the little time that we have remaining, I, I just want to spend uh, giving you some different thoughts about how I found to read Scripture. There's a million different things that you could read about, about how to study the Bible. I'm not going to, this is not an exhaustive list. And some of these things that I'm going to say, you're going to be like, well, I already knew that. And that's fine. I, I anticipate that. But what I can tell you is this main thing I want to talk about, this approach to reading Scripture is something that has changed my life and has changed my Bible reading. I just got through this last year, had for me the best year of my life spiritually. Because it was my best year spiritually, it was the best year of my life. I saw more growth this year in my life personally than any other year that I've ever had before. And it wasn't because I got a promotion. It was because I spent more time in this book. I had the best year of my life spiritually, and it impacted every other, every other part of my life. Best year of my marriage, best year of my fathering, uh, best year of my life, period. But it all goes back to this. And I, I just I want to share with you what has made a huge difference to me in hopes that it will make an equally big difference in your life so that we can be the men and the leaders that I really do believe God's called us to be. And so I want to I I give you this first one, and maybe I'll talk about a couple of these with a little bit more length, and then we'll kind of see where the, where the end of this goes. I'm kind of feeling my way through this as we, as we go. All right, here's the first and main thing I want to tell you. This is the one that's made the biggest difference to me. Read for a relationship, not for application. I want you to stop and think about this for a second. Read for relationship, not for application. Everything, and you need to understand this, we live, you live, whether you've thought about it before or not, you live in a particular time and place and setting in the history of, of humankind and in our world. We don't ever zoom out that far. We're busy. We've got jobs to do, mouths to feed. We've we got a to-do list. I get it. So most of us don't really ever step back and think about our time and place in history. But we live in a very particular... The world hasn't always been as it is. Of course, we understand inventions and things like that, but I'm talking culturally. We live in the most individualistic culture autonomous, independent culture that has ever existed on the planet. Meaning that we're about, in our culture in the West, particularly in American culture, we are about results. Getting things done. It's what we value. It's what we look up to. And I'm going to say even the group of guys in this room, when you talk about men, I would say men are the most results-oriented people on on planet Earth, and maybe a group of Western American men could be the most results-oriented, independent men 
that have ever existed on the face of our planet. What that means is that we approach Scripture looking for results and looking particularly for application. Let me boil that down. What it means is that we go to the Bible looking for what it will do for me. I'm looking for a nugget. I'm looking for what God is going to say to me today so that I can take it and apply it to my life. I want the Bible above all else. This is what I wanted. I wanted it to be useful. I wanted to get something out of it. So whenever I would read chapters in my Bible reading plan that I might pick up, like the genealogies, you ever been there? You ever done that? And you read that chapter and you go, what was the point of that? Why did I just read this? There's no value in it. So we go to Scripture looking for nuggets that we can mine out. And think about it. Leadership books, of which there are millions, more than there have ever been. Think about it. There's never been more information published on how to lead, how to get more out of your life, how to maximize things, how to increase your wealth, how to increase this and make that happen and do this and manage your time. There's never been more books and information written on the subject than there are today. And what's happened with social media is that we're taking these principles, and it's not a bad thing necessarily, but we're taking these principles and we're, we're, we're narrowing them down to these bite-sized little chunks that can go in tweets and that sound awesome in a quote. And we can take that little one-liner, we can go, man, that's awesome, and I can put it on a poster and hang it on a wall, and, and it motivates me, and, and all of this kind of stuff. And, and that's, that's how we approach leadership materials. We want these little nuggets, these little bite-sized pieces. I don't know if you've noticed, but the Bible isn't a bite-sized piece. It doesn't work like that. And what you need to understand is that the Bible, first and foremost, is a relational book. And here's why men don't like that, because it takes time to build a relationship. It's not going to happen tomorrow because you decided to have a Bible reading plan that day. But we, we want instantaneous results. So we go to the Scripture looking for application, but gang, most of the Scripture, I won't say most, but a good chunk of the Scripture has no application. Think about it. What, what, you, what application is there for the genealogies? doesn't mean there's nothing you can learn from it. It just means that there's not an application. It's not a, here's what I'm going to take that and do with it today. It's a book about relationship, meaning that you go to it learning to see who God is, not to see how God is going to help you in your life. Now, God does want to help you. God's going to do amazing things in your life. He is on your side. But all, so much of our teaching and preaching and things has emphasized to the point, God is on your side to the point that we go to the Scripture looking for how God is going to aid us. And what it does is it puts us at the center. It makes you the point of your Bible reading. And when you don't get something out of it, you stop reading it. That's why a lot of men don't read books anymore, because we don't see the point. Did you know, I, I, this is a real statistic, 55% of men stop reading. They'll never read another book for the rest of their life from cover to cover after they graduate their last year of school, whether that's college or high school. 55%, more than half of us will never read another book cover to cover. Why? I guarantee if you talk to men, I'll tell you why. They'll tell you, what's the point? What use is there? They see no value in it. So why would they do it? Why would we do it? When we approach Scripture strictly from application, we miss the point. God wants a relationship with you. That's the bottom line. You were made to be in a relationship 
with God. Before whatever it is you do for God, the job that he has for you, the calling that he has for you, before any of that exists, there is your time with God. And when you start pursuing Scripture and reading Scripture to understand who God is, rather than looking at it to tell you what God is going to do for you today or looking for some application, you will find application in all kinds of places, and you'll find truth and wisdom that will come to you, but you'll also find the better thing being thrown in, is that, and that is a relationship with your Heavenly Father. That's an amazing thing, and that's what I've found is that as I've started pursuing Scripture to say, okay, God, rather than tell me about me, tell me about you. Who are you? Who am I reading about? Who is this God that I'm reading about? I start finding that I'm building a deeper relationship and understanding who God is. Can I tell you, the point of Scripture is not you. The point of Scripture is Jesus. Every story in Scripture, all of it, points to Jesus So when we read it with an approach of looking for Jesus and everything, looking for who God is and everything, we're developing the most important thing. It's about a relationship. Scripture is not basic instructions before leaving earth. That's an acronym for Bible. Some of us think that's, you know, I've heard that taught before. Believe it or not, I was, I led praise and worship before Gary Busey got up and spoke. And that was one of the things that the genius uh, Gary Busey had to say to us. Basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible isn't basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible is a relational book, and it's about your relationship to God. Here's the thing I can tell you about reading Scripture as it pertains to relationship. I've been married to Heather for, for 18 years now. It'll be 19 years this August. And I can tell you, our relationship isn't built in these breakthrough significant moments. If you've been married for a long time, you know this is true. The the foundation of your, your relationship isn't built in these big highlight reel moments. It's built in every day, little here, a little there, little by little, you get to know someone. It's just in these little moments. Weekly, I, I go out to lunch with Heather weekly. And it's through those lunches and just conversations that we have throughout the week that our relationship has been built. It's a rare thing that I walk away from one of those weeks going, wow, look at what I found out today. But as I look back to how much more I know Heather today than I knew her 18 years ago, it's night and day different. But it's just consistently showing up for the purpose of relationship and not for what I'm going to get out of it, not for what I can mine out of her, but just to know a little bit more about who she is. And I'm just telling you, you, I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I could just tell you from my perspective and what it's done for me when I approach the Bible as a relational book rather than a leadership book, it changes everything. Now I pursue God whether I get something out of it or not. There are days, and I'm going to tell you, be honest with you, there are days where I read Scripture and I go, I'm not sure what those three chapters I read today, I don't know exactly what all that was about. I'm going to to keep reading. The next day I come back, I read more. What's amazing is that days from now, from the time that I've read it, uh, God will illuminate things that I read three days ago. Light comes. 
But I continue. I continue to pursue God even when I don't understand it. This is the thing. For many men, when we don't understand Scripture, we quit. And that's, that's why. So if we pursue it, if we, if we pursue Scripture on a relational basis, we don't stop because we're interested in a relationship with God. Let me give you another practical thought. This is another big one that I wanted to tell you. Pick a plan. Have a Bible reading plan. And I want to I really stress this. Have a Bible reading plan uh, that takes you out of your comfort zone. Have a Bible reading plan that takes you out of your comfort zone. Every single one of us have preconceived ideas about who God is and what he's like. Every single one of us. We're carrying ideas into some of it from our own fathers, some of it from teaching that we've heard. We're carrying into our, our Bible reading time uh, ideas about who God is. Can I tell you, God is bigger than any of our preconceived notions or ideas of who he is. And here's the problem. When you have no plan, this is what I've found in my own life. When you have no plan about how to read scripture, here's what happens. You gravitate to the parts of the Bible you like best. You read the parts that are easiest for you to read. That's not a bad place to start, but you'll only get a, a, a small view of God. One of the things I see that's so troubling in our culture is most of the way we read scripture, and you're going to see it, and it's not necessarily a, a horrible thing, but even in our 21-day challenge, it's a great place to start, but it's a thought. So you might have a devotional, so you get a little thought, and then a, and then a single verse. The problem was with reading single verses is that we, we, we miss the context of what's going on around those verses. It's how we end up taking verses like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and turning that into, I'm going to win the championship verse. Turning that into, I can go do whatever I want verse because God is behind me. That's not what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, I know what it's like to have nothing, and I know what it's like to be well-fed. I know what it's like to be beaten, he talks about. And I, I, he's saying, I can endure a lot because Christ gives me strength. It doesn't mean we're going to win the championship today, or we're going to win in our business today because Christ gives me strength. Does it mean I don't believe Christ doesn't give you strength? No, I just mean that's not what that verse means. But we take verses like that because we only read the one verse at a time and so it fits with our American Western ideas of success, plays right into our cultural idols, success, greed, uh, all the things that we, all the traps that we fall into, we'll find a God who fits the things that we like. But when you have a Bible reading plan that's varied, you start to see that God is bigger than your concept of him. So this last year, I read through the entire Bible I read through the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice, Psalms twice. I started again on January 1st. It's a fantastic Bible reading plan. If you want to know what it is, I highly encourage you to check it out if you want to do that this year. It's called McShane, M-apostrophe-C-H-E-Y-N-E. It's a Bible reading plan that comes from a guy, I believe he was a Scottish or a... He was a pastor, theologian, uh, came up with a Bible reading plan, systematic way to read through the Bible. It's four chapters a day. Think about that. Most days, four chapters a day. You read four chapters of Scripture a day, you'll read through the whole Bible in a year in the New Testament and Psalms twice. What would happen in your life this year if you read through the whole Scripture and the New Testament twice? What would happen? What's possible? I can tell you in my life, it made a huge difference. But what I noticed was that I saw things about God that expanded my view of who he is. Why? Because I found myself reading Leviticus. Who would ever choose to read Leviticus on their own? 
If, you've, if you're not laughing, it's only because you've never read Leviticus. There's a lot of chapters in the Bible that are just like, man, these are the ones we don't avoid. I Read through Jonah, the story of Jonah sometime. The story of Jonah that you think you know about the guy who goes to Nineveh to you know, preach to them. He didn't want to go and there was a whale and all this. The, the, the childhood story that you have of Jonah is not the real story of Jonah. Jonah was a dirtbag. We hold him up as a hero to our kids. He was awful. He begrudgingly went to these people. And only after God basically forced him to do it. And then whenever God saved the people that he didn't think should be saved, he gets angry and he pouts about it and he's mad about it. That's not the story of Jonah that we know. Because we, we've never read it. We, know, we don't go to books like Jonah. We go to places that we like to read. So have a Bible reading plan and stick with it and let it take you out of your comfort zone because God is a bigger God than the God that you, than you would normally choose to read. All right, here's another one. Read with a pen and a notepad in your hand. Have a pen and a notepad. That way when God speaks to you, can I tell you the Holy Spirit will speak to you when you start reading Scripture? One of the things that I do before I read Scripture, it's not a long prayer, but most mornings I'll just I'll, I'll sit down and say, all right, Lord. And usually I, this is the first thing I do when I wake up. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's the last thing I want to do when I wake up. But it's the first thing that I do when I wake up, and I'm wiping my eyes. I'm just trying to kind of get myself, you know, where I can stand uh, without falling over. But I'll pray, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Help me to see today what you want me to see. And then I begin reading, and I'll, I have a pen, have a notepad. If an idea, if a question, sometimes it's all right to have questions that don't get answered. Write them down underline things that stand out to you. You may not know exactly what it all means. That's okay. I can't tell you how many guys that I run into that read scripture and come to a place where it's like they don't know what it means and that bothers them so much that they can't move on. And so because they feel like they don't understand what they mean, what it means, they have to figure it out before they can continue on reading or else it's like, oh, I'm not sure. You know, it's kind of like watching a movie that you don't know what's going on. What's the point of continuing if I don't know what's happening? That's okay. Keep reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. Stay consistent with it. Have a pen and a notepad. Here's another one. Get a, a study Bible, a good study Bible, and, or, and read a commentary. Find commentary that goes along with Scripture. There's an app on your phone called the Blue Letter Bible. I don't uh, use it myself. I have it. I haven't used it personally, but I know a lot of people who do. It's got commentaries on there that'll allow you. Here, let me tell you a great thing about reading a commentary. If you don't know what a commentary is, a commentary is basically where a theologian or a pastor, writer, whatever, goes through Scripture and writes his comments to particular Scriptures. And one of the things about reading a Bible commentary that it will do for you is that it will expand your knowledge of what's possible in a verse. When I started reading Matthew Henry's commentary on Scripture, I was like, holy cow, I didn't know that you could pull out meaning from just three, three words like he does. It's incredible the things that a guy who's well-versed in Scripture can pull out of Scripture. So having a commentary expands your mind to what's actually in the Scriptures rather than just the basic kind of surface-level reading that we find there, okay? So have a commentary, or another thing is a study Bible. I just bought myself after Christmas, just started reading it today because it came in yesterday. It's the ESV Study Bible. I, it, this thing is amazing. It costs you 60, 70 bucks, but it is serious. 
And it has just fascinating information in the margins for your Bible reading that day. So this morning, before I came here, I only got to one of my four chapters. I read Genesis 5 this morning. It's a genealogy chapter. But what's fascinating is that when you start reading through kind of some of the backstory of that, you go, oh, wow, there's more here than I realized. Fascinating. So get yourself a study Bible or a, a, a notepad, or excuse me, or a commentary, and, uh, and go through the scripture that way. And then the last thing I would say is this. Be consistent. Have a consistent time. And make that time a priority, a special time. Whether that's at night, I don't know if you're a night owl or a morning person. Maybe you're a lunch person. I don't know when, but whatever it is, be consistent with it. Do it at the same time. Telling you, when you're not consistent, basically God gets your leftover time. Scripture gets your leftovers. And I just made it a priority in my life years ago that God's going to get the first part of my day. Just the beginning of my day, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not necessarily a a morning person, but I just decided that's how I'm going to do it. But I'm consistent with it. And it's that consistency that pays off. It's what I was talking about with relationships, showing up week in, week out, day in, day out. Consistency makes the difference. Consistency makes a difference. And so pick a Bible reading plan, uh, a time, get yourself a good Bible, and make a decision that in 2018, you're going to study Scripture as you never have done before. Can I tell you, it will make a bigger difference in your life than you can possibly realize. I know from personal experience, but I know from many men who have told me, wow, wow, look at what has happened. Look at what God has done in my life because I started pursuing him. God is waiting for you to pursue him. God is waiting for you to pursue him like you pursue growing your business. He's waiting for us to pursue him like we pursued our wives when we first met them. He's waiting for us to take steps toward him. And when we do, what's amazing is that he's so faithful, so faithful. He will begin to reveal himself to you and you will begin a journey of understanding who he is and what he's like. And it transforms your life, your very character, your very nature, your very being. This is what it is to meet the real Jesus. Guys, we got a great opportunity in 2018. The, the, the 21-day challenge is coming up. I can think of nothing better than to say, I'm going to read Scripture for just 21 straight days. Some of you, you haven't read Scripture for 21 days, maybe ever before in your life. You have an opportunity to do it. You have an opportunity to fast, to get rid of some things in your life. Last year, I made a decision to get rid of social media in my life for 21 days. I didn't realize the hold that social media had over me until I came to the end of the 21 days and I realized how much more peace I had in my life, how much conflict I was carrying around because I was looking at all of these idiots on Facebook and Twitter all the time thinking, what's wrong with our world? Do you, anybody, can, can anybody relate to me? I don't know. That, seriously, I, I get on Facebook. There's some funny things on there, funny things on Twitter, whatever, interesting articles. But it, it was far outweighed by the amount of opinions that I was reading that I thought, what's wrong with people? Where, what's going on in our world? What's happening? I was carrying a lot of that around. When I gave up social media, I found I had peace. I found I had time to read scripture. So I just decided I'm done with it. I gave it up for the entire year. I'm not going back. So this year, I find myself in a place at, 20, at the 21-day challenge, really having to search, going, what am I going to give up? 
because I've given up a lot of things in my life that had vices. It's a wonderful place to be where you're not wasting your time with TV as often, with tele, with internet as often, with, with, with social media as often. It's a wonderful place to be. Change your life. Best year of my life. But it was my best year spiritually. You have an opportunity. And I'm challenging each of you personally. I came here for this reason because I, it starts with us. And guys, I firmly believe it starts with the men in this room. Guys who are willing to wake up at six whatever in the morning to come up here, have breakfast and learn and better yourself. You're here for a reason. I believe you're here because you want your best year spiritually. It's going to begin by putting God first, going to his word and seeking him, not for what he can offer us, even though he offers us so much, but just because we were made in his image and he wants a relationship with us. And that's where it all begins. I pray, I pray that you'll take that seriously this year and that it is your best year ever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you have revealed yourself to us. You didn't have to. You didn't have to tell us who you were. You could have left us alone in the dark. In Isaiah 9, it says, people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Lord, we were walking in darkness. We were without hope and without God in the world. We were outside of your family, outside of your promises. We had nothing, and yet you sent Jesus to bring us into your family and to offer us hope. And then you gave us your word, Jesus. He is the embodiment of this book. You gave us this so that we could know you, so that we could know you. I pray, Lord, that our approach to Scripture this year would be one like never before. It would be a relational approach. Lord, as Paul prayed, give us a spirit, the men in this room, Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. That is the point. That is the aim of our lives. That is our pursuit. We want to know you. And right now, Lord, we, as the men and the leaders of Church on the Move, commit to know you better in 2018. Lord, reveal to us a plan. Speak to each of these men. Give them a plan and steps that they can take to begin a walk with you. I know many of them already have a walk with you, but Lord, a deeper walk with you, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter where we're at in our journey, give us a deeper walk with you in 2018 so that it may be the best year yet, not just in terms of success, but in terms of knowing you, in terms of serving you, in terms of serving our families, our businesses, and our world around us, with more compassion and generosity than ever before, to be more like Christ. This is our aim. This is our heart's desire. Lord, we want to know the real Jesus in 2018. And we thank you for revealing him to us in your word and by your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Can you give us three more minutes? Three more minutes. I, um, I don't want to assume that in this room that there's not somebody that doesn't, hadn't already made a decision to follow Jesus. If this is, that you get to this place today and you heard a lot of what Pastor Witt said and you're like, I'm not even there. I don't even know where to go from here. We've got to start at the foundation, which is to make sure that we have Jesus in our hearts. So um, let's just bow our heads real quick and I want to pray a real simple prayer today. If you um, are at that place right now when you were sitting there listening and usually what happens is your heart beats really hard because you know that you're not where you need to be. Um, I just want to ask you real quick, if you know that's you, just raise your hand really quick just so we can see 
who that is here in the room today, who you would say that I, I've never asked Jesus into my heart or I'm not in the place where I ought to be today. I'm sitting in a place where I made decisions or I've done things where I'm, I'm ashamed of and I need to I need to get right. If that's you today, just raise raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. No one looking around. Okay. I'm going to assume that everybody in here knows Jesus then. Um, today, as you leave, um, I want to let you all know that there are um, booklets out here for you that are right here outside the lobby. So make sure you grab one of those. We'll be the first to have those, which is kind of cool. Um, they'll be handed out this weekend in service. So just make sure you grab one of those on your way out. Um, next month, we have uh, Kirby Anderson with us, which I'm glad he's here this morning with us uh, to be sharing with us. I was going to have him come up real quick and just share a little bit about uh, what he's going to be talking about next month. So Pastor Kirby, come on up. Thanks, Johnny. Good morning, guys. Happy New Year. I tell you what, I'm really excited to be here with you today, mainly because we got to hear from our pastor this morning. Thank you, Whit. That was right on target. Let's give him another hand, shall we? Man, that was loaded. It's fantastic. It's where we need to go. And uh, one of the most, the, probably the most common challenge that I hear from guys as I'm talking with them is just being able to find the time to do the things like he was talking about today, the things that really do matter, the things that we say are important within our lives, and how do we do that? And I coach a lot of guys. That's where I spend the majority of my time right now. And the one common denominator among all of us is we just want to be better. We really do. We have that desire. We want to be better followers of Christ. We want to be better husbands. We want to be better dads. We want to be better vocationally. And yet we all seem to struggle with being able to apportion this limited amount of time that we have towards these areas to continue to make some great headway in all of those areas. And I love what we was saying today because I was a time management guy for years, and it was all about doing more. And I want to tell you guys, it's not about doing, it's about becoming. And so what I'm going to be sharing with you are some things that it's not a silver bullet, but I can tell you that if you will learn, as what was saying, just a couple of steps and form a couple of habits, is you can take a huge step forward in being able to take control of this valuable commodity that we have of time to be able to do the things that really matter. And again, it all comes down to relationships, and God has given you all the time that you need today to do what it is that he wants you to do. And that's what I'm excited about sharing with you all next, next month. I hope that you guys will be here. God bless you. Thanks, John. Thank you. <clears throat> Lastly, this coming Wednesday, first Wednesday, which is actually the second Wednesday of the month, will be Joe McGee and Joe's with us today. So I just want to say good morning, Joe. Glad to have you here. Um, thank you all for being here. Make the commitment to be here early. Thank you, Pastor Witt, for being here and sharing with us. I think we know the what. And uh, I think now we need to go and do it. So let's let's make today good. I will let you know, too, the resources that he shared with us today. I will make sure all those are emailed to all of you so you'll have them. Uh, we always hear those. And it's like, oh, what was that? I didn't get it written down. We'll make sure that's emailed to you. Someone just email me the link to the McShane. So I'll make sure that you have that. Or is it McShane? Yeah. So I'll make sure we have that for you and ready for you. So God bless you. Make 2018 your best yet. 21-day challenge is coming up Monday. So be ready. Bless you guys. Thank you.